102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you respond and react. The phone numbers, you'll need them. 512-834-1027. Use it. That's 512-834-1027 on Twitter or X or whatever it's called this week. I'm at Jeff Ward Show. You can post your comments if you want. Just please don't suck. Make the show better if you can. Get straight to the point. That's at Jeff Ward Show. Uh, subscribe to the podcast that we drop each afternoon. The Jeff Ward Show podcast is available wherever you download your podcasts. Subscribe to it. Same with the YouTube channel. We post video each afternoon. Check it out. Subscribe to it. Wow, it's a pretty remarkable day and week when you think about it. When the two most successful football coaches the game has ever known are out in the same week. I'll add Pete Carroll from Seattle or formerly from Seattle to the list. Nick Saban retires, wins seven championships along the way. Bill Belichick is forced out after six Super Bowl wins. It's not all that surprising. And Pete Carroll, who was the head coach of the Seahawks, is fired. He put away two national championships and a Super Bowl win. Saban and Belichick are the most successful coaches the sport has ever known. How weird is it going to be? Now think about this. How weird is it going to be to look at the Alabama sideline and there's not Saban? It's just going to be bizarre. That's going to take a while. Then, how weird will it look to see a Patriot sideline and there's no Bill Belichick? You can even add to that, of course, because he's probably not done, doesn't want to be done. How weird is it going to look to see him on a Falcon sideline, a Charger sideline? Um, I've got another idea, a landing spot, by the way, that I think just came into play even though the job's not open yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as obvious as you think. So I'll say this up front, that, uh, my gosh, the network where I am right now with this giant sign next to my face has practically eulogized these guys today. It's like, lighten up, everybody. They're not dead. Bill Belichick was fired in the best way possible. It was the right call. <laughs> it was the right call, and he's not dead. The, the firing could not have been handled any better by either side. And Saban quit after, I think, I would argue, one of his better coaching jobs of the last 10 or 15 years. And Pete Carroll was fired, and I'm not quite sure why he didn't like it. Uh, I'll start with Saban, because um, there's, there's going to be a lot of intrigue, and certainly in the state of Texas. So here's the thing about great coaches uh, over time. Great coaches win in different ways, okay? So they are able to bring in different personnel. They're able to change personnel. They're able to adapt with rules and changes in the game. They're able to adapt to styles. They win in different ways. I didn't say they win only one way. They win in different ways. That's what great coaches do. And he won with ridiculously great defenses, 
some of which were regarded as the best of all time in the college game. But if you take a look at the last six years, it's a completely different-looking team with different-looking personnel lighting up scoreboards in a completely different way. I mean, think of how many quarterbacks and receivers Saban put into the NFL that you see now. And that's all over the past six years. I, I, I looked this up. This is extra nerdy, but it's pretty. it should tell you about the guy's career. And remember what I said. Great coaches win in different ways. The 2011 team uh, for Saban allowed 8.2 points per game. They allowed three yards per play. They threw a shutout in the BCS championship game and gave up 14 points only once the entire season. It's regarded as one of the best defenses in all of football. 2008 to 2017, he uh, ranked either first or second in defense for 10 straight years. Okay? Then, <laughs> then you go 2008 to 2000, 2018 to 2022, they were first, they were the top five in offense all those years. Completely different ways. Completely different personnel, completely different styles of play. It's pretty remarkable. That, that tells you, and this past year too, tells you what a great coach the guy was. Um, now, but here's what I'm going to miss about Saban. Here's what I don't think is healthy about Nick Saban retiring. And I'm guessing one of the reasons he's getting out is the exact reason I hate to see him go. Nick Saban was probably because he could pull it off. He had the credibility. He had the power. He is untouchable. But he was a voice of reason about the name, image, and likeness era. And by the way, just so you know, it's nothing more than a slush fund for players. It's a way to hand them cash. Saban said there are no guardrails. He advocated a revenue-sharing plan, which is precisely what they needed. He was advocating this stuff almost right away because he saw where it was going. He saw where it was going for him, too. And he had advocated, rightly so again, an NFL-like model to make sure that you've got some sort of system in place with some sort of rules in place for how you manage revenues and how you manage disbursements to players and all that stuff. He knew exactly where this was going. And I think it's part of the reason why he got out. I do. And I wouldn't blame him. Um, so it didn't happen. You know, what he was advocating, what he was saying, uh, he even went to Capitol Hill, which is kind of embarrassing by itself. But the things that he was advocating, he was the only one able, in a world of uh, super chickens that run the sport, it's a, it's a completely spineless sport um, in terms of management, and it's greedy as heck, too. He was the only one waving his arms saying, this is not a good, this is not, it's fine to give the player some power. It's fine to find a way to give the money. What you're doing is out of control and it's going to backfire. He was saying it early. He was saying it often and nothing changed. There was no pivot. There was no, you know, old Nick is right about this. We need to put someone in place. We need some management. We need some guardrails. It didn't happen. I can't say for certain that that's the reason why he got out, but it's got to be one of them. He was really unhappy for good reason. Everything he was saying was right. It's true. Um, giving the pa power to the players, um, but there was no, there's no recourse. He even said once, and I know it wasn't popular because you're not, as a college coach, you just suck up to 17-year-olds. You tell them whatever they want to hear, but 
you know, he said, wait a second, we, we give these guys the money they asked for. They're now asking for money to go on recruiting visits. And then we give it to them. And then we have no agreements with them. That they can just leave whatever they want. So it's not even a fair, it's not even equitable anymore. They've got all the power. And they, there's no recourse. There's no agreement. There's nothing in place that says, I'll give you X and then you'll stay here. So it's a greedy industry that even the greatest coach couldn't be heard. It's that greedy. No one would listen to him and no one would change. I hate that the sport's biggest critic, because I think that's what he became, the only critic. I hate that he's out because it needed that. And I think he's thrown his hands up and said, man, I'm out. Wait till you see what this looks like in a few years. So I think he knows where it's going. And that's frustrating because he's right about everything he said. Uh, so who's going to replace him? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I don't know. Um, who should replace him? That's easy to me. Who should? I doubt if it'll happen, but I think I... I have a suggestion who should. The Steve Sarkeesian noise about replacing Nick Saban, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Um, one of the reasons, I'll think about this, one of the reasons Saban likely is getting out or did get out is the very reason Steve Sarkeesian stays at Texas. Okay? Texas is a better job now. Okay? And it's a much better job in the future. All of the financial advantages are at Texas. Okay? All. It's not even close. Steve Sarkeesian has, you coach at Texas in, in this day and time, Steve Sarkeesian has what Nick Saban knew he wasn't going to have. Now, some people, I think over time, can say, you know, Saban got out because, uh, you know, he, he's jealous or he couldn't keep up. I, you know, I don't know that I buy that, but I think some people will say that. But when you think about the reality of the situation is, you know, it would be foolish for Steve Sarkeesian to go to the place where the guy's leaving saying, man, I don't have the advantage you do. All the advantages are at Texas. And that's true today, and it's going to be even more so in the future because there's not going to be any rules. So I, I, I would be surprised. I don't quite understand why he would go given the financial advantages, huge financial advantage. And that's, that's basically prize money to players. That's what that is. It's all it is now. Prize money to players. Whether it's a good investment or not doesn't matter. It's prize money to players. So nobody will compete with Texas in the cash grab in the landscape today or in the future. Not only that, not only is there a huge advantage financially at Texas, but think about the other part of this. Wherever you are, whoever it is that replaces Saban, um, not only are you obviously not wanting to go from Austin to Alabama or practically anywhere to Alabama just in terms of quality of life, but nobody would want to follow Nick Saban. Why would you want to follow Nick Saban? That can't end well. It's impossible, in fact. Following legends, and there's nobody in the game with the numbers that Saban has. So there's not even, there's not even a fair comparison. But just if you want to say in general, following legends never works. It can never be comfortable. Following the game's most successful coach of all time 
is a no-win proposition to me, at least. I mean, it just it just wouldn't make it wouldn't make sense for Steve Sarkeesian to go for any number of reasons. But it would be difficult for anyone to go just out of the knowledge that wow, I, that's going to be impossible. It's an impossible standard. It's an impossible standard given the economic realities of the coming years. So, well, wait, Jeff, who should replace him? There's going to be plenty of names mentioned. I assume Sarkeesian will be mentioned. I assume D'Amico Ryans will be mentioned. Um, there, there's, a, there's a good segment today, and I, I don't know if anybody has any insights. This was on ESPN earlier today. Paul Feinbaum uh, who you know does a show SEC like show is entrenched in that whole world in that space, and so of course today he's asked about ideas and suggestions and who it might be that replaces him. Who do you think is the best candidate to fill those very large shoes? I think the name you're going to hear the most is Dan Lanning. Uh, Dan Lanning spent some time as a graduate assistant at Alabama before moving over to work with Kirby Smart. Uh, I think you'll hear a couple of other names. Uh, you'll hear Steve Sarkeesian. You'll, I don't know if this is a reality or not, but I think at some point D'Amico Ryan's name is going to be mentioned. It's unlikely that he would walk away after a masterpiece this year in Houston, but don't forget, he was an All-American at, at Alabama and is, and is beloved by that fan base. So I think that's where you start. Lane Kiffin's name will be thrown around. I don't know if that's something that will come to fruition, but those are the names you will hear the most prominently. To, and the buyout, the money you'll hear as well. We just saw it there with Dan Lanning, a $20 million buyout uh, that they'd have to pay Oregon. Wow, D'Amico Ryans. Well, that would, if, if look, if D'Amico Ryans said yes, that's done instantly. He's going to be the coach of the year in the NFL. Oh, by the way, they got a playoff game coming up which I think they might lose, so maybe that makes it more sense. But, of course, I mean, that would be a no-brainer. It's a good idea. It's a great thought. Um, again, if I were D'Amico Ryans and I had C.J. Stroud at quarterback, I had the rookie of the year quarterback and quite possibly the defensive rookie of the year at a defensive end, I, I don't know that I'd leave. I, I really wouldn't, but sure. If Alabama could get him, yeah, go right ahead. I have no problem with that suggestion. I, I, I wouldn't do it, but... And he seems like an NFL guy, Deion Sanders. Here's why. Um, you have to, again, you cannot dismiss the economic reality of the world now. Okay? They're not going to be able to afford what they're used to. And again, I think that's part of the reason why Saban is out. Well, why Deion Sanders? He would own the South in recruiting. Okay? Um, he took over the worst program in all of college football by far, okay? A place where no one cares about football. It doesn't matter in Boulder. One of the worst programs by far. And he got 56 players to transfer to a place that doesn't care about football at all. Got them to transfer in about a two-week window. He changed the place immediately. And here's why I would make that suggestion, um, because you gotta you got to mitigate, I think that's the best word to use, you got to mitigate the economic realities of where you are, okay? And he solves that problem as well as anyone. So you're replacing a legend with a rock star. That's what you're doing. And the rock star can mitigate some of the star power of Deion Sanders, mitigates 
some of the economic realities. We just don't have enough money to throw at players. And that's all we're talking about now. Throw money at players. The game is about players. And Deion Sanders is the most dynamic name and dynamic salesperson in the game. He would crush it there. If it's not Alabama now, it's going to be a Florida school in the near future or somebody in the SEC is going to make the move. Someone's going to get him. And when they do, they've hired a rock star. The game's only rock star. Oh, but Jeff, they only won. You know, they got rolled this past year. You're missing my point. That's a rock star. That's a guy that got 56 players to make a move immediately. That's a Colorado. What do you think he does at Alabama or anywhere in the South? Do I think they would hire Deion Sanders? I assume no. I, I, I don't know. I mean, look, if you get D'Amico Ryan, so Paul Feinbaum is right, you do that. Absolutely. That seems hard to believe. Texas A&M should have tried with Deion Sanders. Somebody in the South is going to do it. And when somebody does, if it's not Alabama now, when somebody does, look out. The Sarkeesian thing doesn't make sense. D'Amico Ryans doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense. Uh, that'd be cool if they did. Deion Sanders makes a world of sense. All right, 512-834-1027 on Twitter or X. It's at Jeff Ward Show. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Well, then there's Bill Belichick. He was pushed out the door by the Patriots in the best way possible. It could not have been handled by either side any better. He had a year left on his contract there, but Bob Kraft, who owns the Patriots, handled this perfectly. He said nothing but nice things, but said very little. He lets lets Bill Belichick coach anywhere else to try to get the 14 wins he needs for the all-time record. Belichick was gracious, said nice things, but didn't talk too much. Really, if you're going to shove the old guy out the door and it needed to happen, they both did it the best way possible. Almost perfect. It probably was perfect. Belichick and Kraft did it right. Jerry Jones, of course, fired a legend in the worst way possible. Bob Kraft... Uh, did it in the most humane way possible. Belichick handled it perfectly. So there you go. Now what? The legacy of Bill Belichick is great but awkward. Is that a fair way to put it? Would you agree with that? It's great but awkward? It's become awkward? Think of it this way. How many of you right now would call him the greatest coach ever? I didn't say best numbers ever. I said the great. How many people would say that's the best coach of all time? Six Super Bowl wins, 10 appearances. I don't think it'll ever be touched again. Those numbers will not be touched again. And it won't even be close. But even though those numbers are the greatest, how many people would say he's the best coach of all time? Most of us won't say it. I won't say it. And that's because of the last few years. That's what's awkward. Bill Belichick, the general manager, Bill Belichick, the personnel guy, ruined it for Bill Belichick, the football coach. They're awful. They've been awful for a while now. And let's be honest, because every year removed from Tom Brady, the more damaged 
the Belichick legacy. That's just the reality, and I think most of you think that now. The Tampa Bay win in the Super Bowl with Brady changed the way we look at Bill Belichick. Correct? Agree? Now, the fact that they suck, it just, the, the gap the gap got larger. The legacy, y- you just don't feel it. Now, what seems weird to say is probably exactly how most people feel. He needs to have success at his next stop. I think that's true. I mean, I do. I think you, need, I think you want it to work, but I think you need to see it work. For his legacy, he's got to have another good stop. If he never coaches again, he's a Hall of Famer. If he, if, he, if he stopped coaching six years ago, he'd be a Hall of Famer. I'm not debating that. That's not the point. I'm talking about what your opinion of him as the greatest coach of all time. I suspect you probably wouldn't say it. I don't know that I would. And mostly because of the last few years. Um, chasing the legacy of being known as the game's greatest coach means, in my opinion, that he's going to need some success at the next stop. And it'll be a fun debate. It'll be a fun debate as to where that will be and what exactly is success at his next stop. Because he doesn't want to stop. I I don't think he should. Um, He wants those 14 wins. It might take a while to get them. But for this legacy, you know, for, for people to walk away and say that's the best coach of all time, I think most people are going to need to see something else. So what kind of success would that take in Atlanta, which is talked about a lot already, or the Chargers, talked about a lot already, or Washington, mentioned a lot already, or I think there's another one that makes even more sense, and it's not even open yet. It may not be open until this weekend, but I think... It makes some sense, and I think the pressure is ramped up on the head coach by the fact that Bill Belichick is now on the market. Brady proved his greatness, okay? Uh, Belichick has to do the same. The two of them handled it great today, though. It went like this, very simple, very clear. Uh, Robert and I, this is Belichick, Robert and I, after a series of discussions, have mutually agreed to part ways. For me, this is a day of gratitude and celebration. Players win games in the NFL, Belichick says, and I've been very fortunate to coach some of the greatest. Well done. Could not have been executed any better. Note to all executives, talk less. Got it, Jerry? Less is better. Clear, polite, Shut up. That's how they did it. It was well done. Now what? I I don't know. I just have a feeling that there's a job in play that's not even a job yet. I feel as if there might be a playoff flameout, which would make this job all of a sudden something none of you are thinking of. It starts to make sense to me. Heck, I'm guessing he probably doesn't live that far away from the stadium. And think it through. And it's not Dallas. Not Dallas. I don't think that works in any scenario. I don't think that one works in any scenario. But if there were, I'll say this. It's not what I'm thinking. If there were a Dallas flameout, and by the way, I don't think it happens this weekend. I think Dallas rolls Green Bay. The next one, the next one, I don't know. I, I, 
Dallas can bring their C game. I don't think they will. They're too hot on offense. Green Bay doesn't play good enough defense. So I don't think there's a game one and done flame out in Dallas. If so, Mumbling Mike is in real trouble. But even with a flame out in the playoffs, I don't think the Belichick thing is a is a good fit. In fact, I think it's a disaster waiting to happen, which would be great for talk show business. I think there's another job that might pop open. All it's going to take is one more flame out, and it seems to make perfect sense. Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.